Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. We're asking the young people to help us with this mitigation strategy. Guidelines announced on the heels of several states enacting new operating hours and restrictions for restaurants and bars. At 8 p.m. tonight, all movie theaters, gyms, and casinos across New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut will close. Life has drastically changed here in the United States from what we all considered normal just a week ago. Schools have been closed. Many restaurants, bars, and movie theaters too as authorities try to contain the spread of the coronavirus. While this may all feel strange and unsettling, over in China, conditions seem to be improving. In some provinces, people who were previously in lockdown are slowly beginning to go back to work. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent. This is Coronavirus, Fact versus Fiction. We'd planned for a few days in Wuhan, but 29 hours in, the phone rang, the city was going on lockdown, and we needed to get out. CNN's David Culver was in China as the coronavirus outbreak began late last year. He narrowly escaped Wuhan just before the city was put into lockdown on January 23rd. In the moment, we really could not imagine how big this would get. Millions under lockdown restrictions, rapidly rising death tolls, tens of thousands infected. And we were at the epicenter. He has subsequently reported from Beijing and Shanghai on how people adapted to the restrictions put in place and how, for some people, life is slowly beginning to get back to normal. I spoke to him and asked, what can we learn from China? I've reflected on that a lot because I I hear the anxiety in messages from my own family uh, back in the States. And my heart breaks for for those folks who are just starting to go through this. We've been going through this now for eight plus weeks. Uh, And and I think the biggest lesson is this cautious optimism. This too shall pass. And I only can say that based on what we've seen here in recent days and really Mm. over the past couple of weeks. And that is kind of a resumption of normality. Uh, And it's slow um, and it still isn't 100 percent, yet it does start to resume. Well, that is obviously very hopeful because you're right, David. There's a lot of anxiety as things stand right now here in the United States and I think in many places around the world. What has it been like for you? You were in quarantine for, for quite some time after you left Wuhan because of the potential exposure to the virus. For me, going into that quarantine, I think I was a bit naive, to be honest. Part of me said, you know, I'll be out of here in a few days. I'm not going to be here for two weeks straight. And so as cliche as it sounds, I was just living a day at a time. And I was also in the midst of a work schedule, a very busy one. You know, we were doing live reports, sometimes 20 hours a day. So I had the advantage of of still being able to go live and broadcast from our hotel room. Were there any memorable moments that really stood out? The three of us, our photographer and producer, uh, Got to know a lot about each other in the time that we weren't on air. Um, It was the Lunar New Year holiday for my producer, Yongsheng. That's a really important day for him. He likened it to Mm. Christmas in the United States for Christians. And he wanted Mm -hmm. to just have a nice dinner. So we ordered up room service and we had a glass of wine and and a nice meal. And he wanted to watch 
CCTV in the broadcast. And so, you know, he, he wanted to teach us a little bit about his culture and, and we let him have that moment. Everyone that talks about this, they will say, look, what happened in China cannot happen here in the United States. I think you're one of the few people who can really address this question. Could what happened in China happen in the United States and does it need to happen? To some degree, I would say uh, it could not happen. And by that, I mean what, what you have here in China are the extremes of sealing people inside their homes. Uh, you have no choice but to abide by that. It's carried out by local community leaders. Uh, the other part of this is big data. So they trace and track all of us. Those of us who are here, we have QR codes that are attached to us individually. Those QR codes designate where we've been and whether or not we have been potentially exposed to the virus. So they know if we've gone to a mall, they know if we've gone to a hotel or restaurant, and, and they can trace us in that manner. I don't think that can happen in the U.S. Now, <laughs> here in China, it is widely seen as the local authorities who dropped the ball on this, that there were, was cover-up and under-reporting at the local level within Hubei province, within the city of Wuhan. And it was the central government that stepped in and treated this like a military operation. In the U.S., it seems to be the opposite. That is, that local authorities would be the ones to start making these enforcements. That's a really important insight, I think. And you're right. I mean, we've seen local communities sort of leading the way here in the United States and the federal government seeming to play a little catch-up. One of the things that has happened over the last few days here in the United States is we've seen a crippling of the economy. And I'm curious, people anticipate that there will be a bounce back. What about over there? How did businesses adapt to the new normal? And, and were they able to bounce back? It has been devastating, to be quite honest with you. We know that retail sales from January and February were down some 20% compared with this time last year. And March is expected to be far worse once that data is released. What you have to understand is prosperity here is social stability. If you lose mm -hmm. that, it begins to threaten the status quo, and that does not go over well here. So there is real concern about that. And, and just from an anecdotal experience and walking around, we start to see restaurants that are still closed. And I've asked some of the locals within Shanghai, they said, when do you anticipate they'll reopen? And they say, oh, no. They're closed for good. This is, the, this is it for them. They can't weather this any longer. You started off by talking about the fact that you were hopeful about what you're now seeing in China, um, life starting to return to normal. It's a challenging question, but is there something you would point to that you would say was the most important factor in that sort of recovery? Is it superficial to say Sunday brunch? I mean, that, that's something that was brought up uh, two weeks ago by the, one of the hotels. And it may sound so trivial, but the reality is, Sanjay, some of us who have been through this now for, for two months looked around at each other and said, wow, they're starting brunch again because it felt like the first taste of normality here. I hope you guys had a good feast this past Sunday for sure, David. You deserve it. <laughs> but is there a concern, though? I mean, not to paint a darker picture on this, but there's a lot about this virus we still don't know. This idea that as people start to come back together again, is there a concern that there could be a resurgence of the infection? There is a huge concern, and I think not only from the government's perspective, and, and that explains why some of these provinces are so hesitant to go forward with easing of restrictions, and they may even put out some of the notices just to try to see what the movements might be, and then they'll revoke some of those uh, 
freedoms and and say, actually, we're not going to go forward with that. We're going to step back to where we were under the lockdown. And then also from the general public's perspective, where where people are still very uneasy about taking off their face masks and breathing in the air and assuming that everything is just okay. I think there's a humility in acknowledging what you don't know here, and that is a great deal still. You have said, and many people have echoed this, that, look, this is going to pass. What would be your advice to how people should think about this now, given your experience? In my mind, the way I've prepped my own family for this, I've kind of prepared them to think of this as a combination of a terror threat and a hurricane watch or warning, if you will, knowing that it's coming. Um, And so you see on the terror side of things, the avoiding of mass gatherings, of going to places where a lot of people are crowding together. On the hurricane preparation side of things, and I've covered many of hurricanes, uh, you see it as stocking up of supplies, um, preparing to shelter and hunker down. Uh, and, And so it's, to me, both of those things, knowing that both of those things also do come to an end. But also I reflect on on 9-11 a lot. And I was reflecting on that because I grew up in the D.C. area and I went to high school at downtown in D.C. And, and as that was playing out, you begin to see even in the nation's capital there that changes were starting to come into effect. And you start to look around and realize those are changes that will last forever. So it seems. But at the same time, uh, we adjust to the new normal. And there is an optimistic outcome to that in that you make do and you go on. Well, David, um, again, remarkable work. Proud to have you as a colleague. Well, thank you, Sanjay. I really appreciate that. While things may feel overwhelming right now, the fact that the situation in China is improving is good news for all of us. It shows that if we take the right precautions and are able to get people tested and treated appropriately, we have a better chance of getting the situation under control. Until then, the best thing you can do is to be vigilant and responsible. We are all in this together. So take care of each other. Be kind. Head to CNN.com slash coronavirus and sign up for our daily newsletter, which features the latest updates on this fast-moving story from CNN journalists around the globe. And finally, if you have questions, you can record them as a voice memo and email them to asksanjay at CNN.com. We might even include them in the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.